All right, we're back. Week three, week two's behind us. What a week. Iowa, Iowa State, Colorado showing up. All three of the folks in the tub club had winning records. I went 10 and two, Law went four, two and one, BCB five and four. Everybody plus money, everybody winning for the folks out there. Hope you took advantage of that. We're on to week three. We were just talking on paper. This might not be the week that just stands out to you, but we feel like there's some games out there that could maybe surprise us all a little bit. BCB, any initial thoughts on week three or week two that was? Yeah, summing up week two. So uh, new rule, if you're if you don't want to sound like a casual fan when it comes to watching or enjoying college football, don't give someone shit if their team goes on the road and wins a dogfight against a ranked team. Like <laughs> you can't sit here and tell me that we should have G5s in the playoff and then and then people want to blow me shit on Monday because they say Ole Miss barely beat Tulane when you win by 17 on the road. Like you, you can't sit here and tell me that these teams deserve a shot and then make fun of me when my team handles them, even though they played a bad half of football. So <laughs> going forward, no one approached me with that energy and we'll be fine. Uh, week three, I think this is a beauties in the eye of the beholder week. Like you might look, you don't have the star power that you had. You don't have a Ole Miss Tulane, a Alabama, Texas, and Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, but I think there's some really good games. If you enjoy drinking beers and watching football, uh, it's better then the alternative of having to watch baseball games um, and no other sports and, and try and find some horse races at Saratoga. So I'm still pumped for this week. I think you're going to get some good numbers. Love it. Larry, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, week two is thrilling. A lot of uh, late covers that were absolutely mm -hmm. excellent. Even late pushes in Utah, mm -hmm. uh, late cover in Oregon. That I, I have a guy that I want to put in the champions club for that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, week two was everything it lived up to. Um, I, I, I'm ready to dance on Alabama's grave. I did pick them. Should have never picked them. I didn't really believe in them. Uh, <laughs> more in Nick Saban and Alabama at home than I did in Alabama actually being good. I don't think Jason Milrow is very good. He threw some very bad interceptions just right to the safeties. Uh, doesn't know how to look off coverage at all. He's very they, – they also didn't switch their quarterback at all, which is somewhat alarming, which means they don't have trust in um, either the other kids, yep, yep. Um, Buckner or uh, Simpson. Um, but, yeah, we're on week three. Uh, not a lot – not a lot of – we got no ranked – ranked on ranked yet, um, but we're getting close to uh, conference play. So, uh, the, these games are just going to get better as we go. Um, but I, I'm willing to say Alabama's dead and Clemson's definitely still dead. Um, so I'm, I'm willing to write both of those teams off, um, take them out of the college football playoff after uh, two weeks. Love it. Love it. So just touching on real quick what you guys said, BCB, baseball's still going. The Cubs are humming right along at the time of this recording. Pete Crow Armstrong is about to make his major league debut, taking plus 600 uh, Homer. I'll put it on our uh, Twitter here. And then talking about late covers, Larry, shout out JMU Moneyline down in the fourth quarter, coming back one point winner over for Jam. Loved it. We're on to week three. Let's win some money. We'll give you the picks. Let's go.
All right, we're back. Before we hop into week three, before we hop into our week two review, one thing that we missed last week, and I'll, I'll own this, Champions Club. We want to pick who is the player that won our bets, who is the player that stood out. BCB, I'm going to let you do us the honors. Who's your Champion Club member or members for last week? All right, first one I'm putting in, got to do it. Got to give it to the kid, Jackson Dart. Okay, okay. It comes out firing. Uh, I, I may have called Larry after the game saying that he was the man, that Jackson Dart <laughs> is taking a step forward. Lane Kiffin's a quarterback genius. But anyway, Jackson Dart, like he had some good quotes about it after the game as well too. Like he comes out, they get a touchdown. So they went three and out to start the game. It was literally three 25-yard plays and a touchdown, and then they're kicking back off. Mm-hmm. And then they kicked a field goal and like didn't, they were down 17, 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. And this is a spot where Ole Miss had struggled last year, like on the road getting a lead, blowing it, you just start hot, fade off, come out of the second half, end up going up late, uh, kicking a field goal late to get up 30 to 20, and then scored a garbage touchdown late to go 37-20. But yes, uh, Jackson Dart really, like, he was not a guy. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure both of you guys have told me on here before last year, Jackson Dart sucks. Um, <laughs> he wasn't really that guy last year that could get that done. And like I said, they've been talking about how much he's improved. He goes out, makes some big plays. Uh, he's also, like, a very ugly runner, but it's somehow efficient. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know how it works, but it does. And anyway, so I think the, the ceiling's very high for Ole Miss, especially now the SEC West might not be very good. Uh, actually, the, the best football right now in the country is being played on the West Coast. But anyway, Jackson Dart, Jackson Dart in the Champions Club this week. Love it. Um, do we foresee maybe an Iowa Ole Miss national championship game coming up? I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) That's the beautiful thing. That's what I told people. I said, there's a beautiful thing about college football season and is that the regular season is the greatest regular season in sports because it's a tournament and there's an element of survive in advance. Like if you give me a great college football team, I'll give you a dog fight that they went and got in. So just keep winning each week, baby. Like Iowa was beating up on Iowa State. Just keep winning. The the Big Ten West is not that hard. Especially, we'll get into it. The Wisconsin loss, big and great call by BCB. My champion, or Larry, your Champions Club member or members of the week. Uh, so I had a couple. A couple I was looking at. Uh, like I was saying in the intro, the late covers. Uh, Utah scored a touchdown late, but that was just a push. I had Oregon as my lock minus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Oregon was winning by one point. It was 31 to 30 with about 35 seconds left on the game. Yeah. And the guy that's going in, his name's Jeffrey uh, Bassa, Basa. Yeah. Um, but he took a uh, pick six to the house to win 38-0. Or it's 38 to 30, which yep. covered the eight. And I know... A lot of people were on Texas Tech minus plus seven and a half. Uh, so a lot of people are very angry. I was very happy. Um, so uh, welcome to the Champions Club. Uh, I Their late pick sixes are awesome. Uh, Old Miss also had a scoop and score late. They were already up 10. So they were already covering. That would have been a candidate if it got me over the number. But that scoop and score is pretty big. And yep. makes BCB think that Old Miss blew them out. <laughs> I, I would I would not agree with that. Uh, they were struggling with about six minutes left in the third quarter before they <laughs> scored a touchdown and kind of changed the game around. Um, I actually thought Tulane's defense was excellent. 
Um, but yeah, Jeffrey uh, Besa, welcome to the Champions Club. Uh, covered covered uh, seven and a half for Oregon. Mortal walk for me. And uh, yeah, one makes money. So uh, let's go. I actually got a three-headed monster for my Champions Club. Right off the bat, Jalen Daniels, first game showing up, Kansas quarterback, took care of business against Illinois, both with his legs and throwing the ball, loved it. Our first two-time member of the Champions Club, Sam Hartman. The guy can do no wrong, just consistent as consistent can be. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, managed the game perfectly, loved it. Last one here, Quinn Ewers. Fucking taking down Tech or Bama in Bama, threw some of the prettiest balls I've ever seen. Uh, loved all three of them. That's my champion club members of the week. And on that note, one more thing before we get in, we're talking about kind of teams that are up and down and whatnot. I want to hear from you guys. What's the team that you expected the most that's underperformed so far? And then we're going to come back around and do vice versa, VCB. Well, I'd say probably the biggest underachiever. Um, hate to do it because I got a, uh, we got a loyal listener, a huge fan, mm-hmm. the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> I expected them to be better than what we've seen. Yep. There's still a lot of football left. I mean, I, I think right now they're probably an eight and four, nine and three team mm-hmm. is the ceiling. And we were talking like CFP, like yeah. eight with destiny, them and Florida state in a toss up. So I think they're probably a top 25 team. Um, but when you're expecting a CFP contender, it's a little tough. that's a long way away. A little tough. Larry, what about you? Uh, I'm going to throw Alabama. It's probably a little early to do it, but I'm going to throw Alabama out there. Um, I actually, I think when we talked about Alabama in the SEC preview, none of us were very high on them. We all thought they would have two to three losses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think we're all right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, undisciplined, they're still undisciplined. Uh, I didn't think the offense looked good. I, I think Milrose is a freakish athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, so I would say Alabama, and it's really just that loss to Texas, uh, because they've only played kind of one game. There's a lot of teams that haven't played anybody yet, like Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those teams have all I mean, they've beaten up on bad teams so far, so it's kind of hard to tell. Um, so I'm going to go with Alabama in that spot. Yeah, so I think with my team, I don't want to kind of go along because I think Alabama and Clemson are two top contenders for this subject, but I'll go right off the bat, Ohio State. Yeah, they beat Youngstown State this week, and I think Larry just touched on it there a little bit, but is the offense there? They have the weapons. Is the quarterback the play? I don't know. They're not blowing out teams, these shitty teams to start the year. We'll see what happens when they start big conference play. But on the flip side of that, and then we'll hop into our week two review, BCB, who's a team that we thought was going to maybe shit the bed or not perform so well and who's kind of killing it lately? Ah, man, this might be low-hanging fruit. Uh, I'm going to go Coach Prime and the Buffs. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, credit where credit's due. I don't think they've had the two hardest games to start. I think Nebraska's got a lot of problems is a football team. Um, they got a really good athlete who's also a terrible quarterback, and that hasn't helped them. Um, also, I think Prime ran it up a little bit on Nebraska. Uh, he was still – he still had Shador throwing the ball late. I think he's trying to, trying to get some Heisman stats there for his son. But, like, Colorado's probably, if I had to readjust now, like before we said hey, if they win 14 – like four games, they're the most improved team in the country. Yeah. That's still true, but 
I would say they're probably a seven, eight win team now. If I, I have to go back and like revisit the schedule, but just mm-hmm. off numbers and power ratings, like they're they're a lot better than what we thought. So shout out Coach Prime. I was a believer in him long term, but he did it a lot quicker than anybody started. Hell or yeah, good to start. Hell yeah, Larry. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. I I think we all knew what Sam Hartman was, uh, what he could be. Um, I would say Notre Dame is fun again. Uh, a, a lot of fun. Um, I think there were some questions with Marcus Freeman losing Tommy Reese. I mean, that offense stunk last year. It was so bad. Um, Estime and um, Hartman, that old line, uh, I think they have a legit chance to uh, run the table and get back to the playoff. I know they they catch Clemson, they catch USC, and they catch another uh, premier team. Um, but I, I think that team can compete with anyone. I think I, they haven't had a very hard schedule. I, I'd give them some credit going into NC State and winning. Um, uh, NC State's a tough pay, place to play. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's actually some decent teams in the ACC. I don't want to – I don't know if Bub's about to say I'm Probably not. But I, I, I'd also – Miami could be there. Um, I, a very, very impressive win. I also think on the other side of the ball, we could put A&M – based off that ass whooping that Miami gave him on the other side of being disappointment. And I, we talked about in the preview, like I, how is Jim, how long does Jimbo have left in A&M? Cause that, they don't like losses like that, especially to Miami and ACC team. That seat's a little hot right now. So uh, yeah, I'll go uh, ahead. I was going to say, so just a hypothetical here. Cause I think they, Ohio state plays at Notre Dame this year, right? Yes. That's another one. Yep. Okay, so our buddy K Ford on his power ratings, like his Vegas ratings and project spreads. If you factor in the home field advantage, that game's probably going to be a pickup, right? As of right now, between Notre Dame and Ohio State, everybody here would bet Notre Dame, right? In that game, taking my four hundred one k and putting it on Notre Dame. I'm taking Ohio State. <laughs> oh wow! What about you, BCB? I, I would be Notre Dame. I, they just look so good. They look like a real football team, especially with Hartman. Mm-hmm. But he plays the position so well that people were like, he came from that gimmicky offense in Wake Forest to where it looks like that offense may have been holding him back because he can do so much more. 100%. And it's like he does like stuff in a, like he does stuff some of these rookies in the NFL can't do. Mm-hmm. Like he's sitting there, he's moving in the pocket. He's got his eyes down the field. His shoulders are square. Like every ball's on target. Uh, he's he's really good. He, <laughs> I. And that estimate, man, he's a dude. Like that running back is a is a problem. Oh yeah. I I think Notre Dame could honestly, depending on I think the season's wide open. Notre Dame may they could possibly who they got? They got Clemson, Ohio State, and USC. USC. Yeah. So they got at least one loss. So yeah. they've got room for error, I think, to mm-hmm. be in the conversation. And I don't even think they. I don't even think they can play in a conference championship. They can't. They're not. They're independent. So. Yep. But that might that might be to their benefit because if you've got a bunch of one loss teams, and someone picks up a second loss, and Notre Dame's sitting there one loss. One last hypothetical before we move on to week two, BCB and Larry, I guess, because you both have terrible NFL teams. Uh, would you rather have? Uh, Hartman at your quarterback or Richardson slash Mac Jones? 
Uh, Sam Harmon. Okay. Even yeah, though I'm... Mac Mac was pretty good, Mac actually played an excellent game against. Um... I watched it a little bit. Yeah. Who yeah, Mac you? looked pretty good from what I saw this week. Um, I don't know. I I haven't been the biggest Anthony Richardson fan. Mm-hmm. So, it, and I guess the thing with Richardson's like it is what he can be three years from now. Yeah. I do think Sam Hartman's a better quarterback today. Yeah. Okay. Like if I had, if you like gave me like an NFL roster and I had two weeks to yeah. game plan, I had to pick between Hartman or Richardson. I would take Hartman. Like I think he can do more things. I'd take Hartman over Dak right now, but that's for another time. All <laughs> right. What's that? Did you have a team? Did you give a team out? Oh yeah. So I was going to say the U, but just in order to switch it up, this one doesn't really fall into the category that well, but Oregon State, because I picked them to win the Pac-12 or at least be in the Pac-12 championship. No, I picked them to win it. Uh, but the way they're just dominating teams on both sides of the ball, the resurgence of DJU, the defense holding strong. They're one of their running backs. I was looking at stats earlier. Minimum 20 carries has 10 yards per carry. I know he probably has like 22 or 23, but like that's both sides of the ball, throwing and passing or passing and running, and then the defense to back it up. Solid, solid team. Yeah, they're good. All right, week two review. Let's hop right into it. I'm going to kick us off because I had my lock of the week was the early game. Uh, we went through three and zero on locks too, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, so yeah, my game was a Friday game. Kansas minus three and a half. Illinois host or uh, Kansas hosting. Jalen Daniels back, man. This team they did start to slip up in the end, man. There was almost a backdoor cover to kill me, but. Overall, I think if this team can put, you know, pedal to the metal, keep it going through all four quarters with Jalen Daniels at the helm, they have a solid wide receiver in court. The defense, I don't know really much what you can say. They're playing an Illinois team that doesn't have anything that's too high power. They're very, I think, a run-heavy Bielma team. Otherwise, though, to see how they're going to defend against the pass against, you know, the, the Texases of the world, I don't. I still think Oklahoma's overrated, even though they blew out in week one. But yeah, Kansas minus three and a half, solid, solid game. Uh, we'll kind of bounce around a little bit. Uh, Larry, why, why don't you take our next game? What do you want to talk about? Uh, so I mentioned a lot of it earlier. It's with Oregon. I actually, uh, for m- the majority of the game, I thought Oregon was going to lose to Texas Tech. Um, I thought Texas Tech played extremely well. Um, and Texas Tech uh, dominated the majority of that game. Um, but Oregon ended up coming through late. So that's a big road win for Oregon and Bo Nix, another one. Um, I think Oregon is very good. Uh, all eyes are pointed to next week, Oregon, Colorado. Um, so that game should be excellent. And I hope it's game day. I don't know if it will be. Um, I really hope they make that game day a night game. Um, but yeah, I mean, the majority of the game, I thought I didn't think Oregon was going to win. Never mind cover. So getting that late cover was excellent, and that was my lock of the week. Yeah, that's perfect. Let's each start with our lock of the week uh, in review. So BCB, let's talk about yours real quick. <laughs> yeah. So mine was really fun. If you like roller coaster rides, so <laughs> we start like I said, it's seven zero. Looks like it's going to be blowout city. And then even on Tulane's first drive, they scored a touchdown. Well, hold on. So here's the, here's the ride. So all week Tulane says Pratt's going to play who had been an incredibly efficient passer. 
who his game's a lot different than Kai Horton, who's the backup. Kai Horton's kind of more of a gunslinger. He's got a better, probably better throwing the ball down the field than Pratt is. Uh, well, they announced that he's out like before the game and Tulane had kind of downplayed it that he was going to play all week. So the line goes from like eight and a half to 12 and a half um, in some shops. So basically, and I had it at seven. So I'm sitting on five and a half points of closing line value, which you think, hey, that's free money here. Anyway, Tulane's first drive, they convert three three first downs, score a touchdown. It's a dogfight. Um, Ole Miss can't run the ball, so which is wild to say because you've got Quishon Judkins, but I shit you not, their offensive linemen were getting tossed around. <laughs> the Jackson Dart, like I said, he played huge because he didn't have pass pro very much. Uh, his pass pro was pretty weak. Oh. And Ole Miss could run the ball to the point they're they're throwing bubble and trouble screens to Quashawn Judkins on the outside, just trying to get him the ball. Yep. I think he went like 18 for 38. But anyway, uh, Ole Miss kind of prevails. The defense is really good at Ole Miss. So this year, the Pete Golding hire uh, has played wonders. I think the secondary had a couple letups. It's to be expected. They got almost an all-new secondary. Mm-hmm. Tulane, like I said, they probably, probably game playing more for a short, efficient passing scheme. I think Tulane took a couple shots. Uh, the chemistry is probably not there in the secondary, probably still working some stuff out with schemes, but I think they've got some athletes there. Yep. Way more worried about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that looks Saturday night against Georgia Tech. Lane Kiffin also called out the offensive line and wasn't very okay. happy about it. Okay, okay. So um, they didn't look great running against Mercer. Obviously, the passing game was humming uh, that day, so it wasn't a big deal. When you're playing Mercer, you get away with some of that stuff. Uh, also, I don't know if you saw. So the 56-yard kick, Ole Miss had late to go from seven to ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kid's a kickoff. Well, they brought him in from Texas A&M as a kickoff specialist. Yeah, yeah. He booted that thing from 56. It looked like if you, it looked like he was kicking it from 32. That thing was at the top of the field <laughs> goal post when it went in, and he was like booming them down there on kickoffs too. Okay. So okay. Uh, huge pickup, huge portal pickup. Kind of was unheralded with all the other guys that Ole Miss has had. Uh, also, one shout out to Ole Miss doesn't even have Zachary Franklin, who might be their best wide receiver or second best wide receiver. He had a knee scope. So we've got reinforcements coming. He hasn't played yet this year. Okay. So there's potential there. Everyone else in the SEC West looks terrible. I'm calling us the class of the SEC West. Okay. We'll kind of see what happens. But there, I mean, we got to play Alabama and Georgia. So you got to beat one of those. Yep. We might play Georgia twice in the championship game. Uh, if that happens, I may be in Atlanta. All right. I love it. I love it. Talking about our favorite teams, I'll hop to the next game. Iowa minus four, in-state rivalry. I was there at the game in Ames. Uh, Ames, you'll always be Iowa City's little brother. Just a sad showing from Iowa State fans. Just talking tailgate, uh, shit talking, all of the above. They can't hold their own. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. The game itself, though, a little bit closer than I like. Iowa's now averaging 22 points a game. We're going to keep it like a running tracker through the year because fingers crossed Brian Ferentz gets fired. But yeah, solid on the defensive side of the ball. There are a couple calls that went Iowa State's way. There was a terrible pass interference. Even J.J. Watt, of all people, hopped on Twitter to call out. Like, just disappointing. McNamara's, um, a little bit lower on him now. Um, I know he was dealing with kind of a knee he still has a shoulder issue from the beginning of the season. Didn't really wow me with any two things. I mean, he's 10 times better than Petrus from last year, if you guys remember him. But the defense, on the defense side of the ball, solid. We have Caleb Johnson or Caleb Williams, excuse me. 
uh, who's one of four athletes at our NIL with Powerade this year. So huge hype coming into him for the year. Our backup tore it up. Uh, Jazz Peterson. I just followed him on Twitter. I think that's his name, his last name. But what a fucking stud. I think I don't have a stat line in front of me, but he did break a 60-yarder. He had two touchdowns. Solid game all around. Very happy about Iowa getting Kirk Ferentz's 200th win. Let's go. Um, but otherwise, solid game in Ames. Um, got the cover. Pretty just overall good showing. Not great showing by Iowa, but good showing. Larry, did Coastal play? Uh, Coastal did play. Uh, they were struggling against Jacksonville State. Um, Rich Rod's team um, for a while, but they ended up easily covering at the end and showing up late. They also had a weather delay. Um, but the next game I want to talk about is Utah Baylor, which, um, for the most of the game looked like a trap. Uh, Baylor looked like the better team. Baylor's backup quarterback was better. Utah's quarterback was terrible. Um, Baylor's defense looked excellent. Utah could not run the ball. Um, they couldn't throw the ball either. So, uh, Baylor dominated almost all of that game um, until the guy I was about to put in the Champions Club, but I didn't actually cover the bet. Um, Nate Johnson, the uh, backup quarterback for Utah, came in yeah. and pulled them down the field uh, to a late touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say Utah wasn't even trying to score. They were completely happy kicking the three. Uh, Baylor was trying to let them score. And the running back kind of just ran down the sideline and got tackled into the end zone. Um, so that was a nice push for me at seven. Um, Real quick, before we hop further, I turned the game off after that sideline catch by Baylor um, with like a second left. And then they reviewed it to see if there's a second. I was like, it, it, I don't know if you even caught it or not. I'm just going to let it go. Turn the game off. From what I understand, I don't know if either of you two saw it, but there was a hellacious should have been pass interference in the end zone. Was it? I, d- I didn't see the play. I I mean, it could have gone either way. The refs just put the whistle away. I have no issue with that in college football. It wasn't, it wasn't like he wasn't all over him. He didn't tackle the receiver. Okay. I would say the D back was playing the ball, uh, yeah. to be honest. I don't know if you have a take on that BCB. I have no issue at the end of the game when the ref puts the whistle away there. Um, it was an unreal catch to get them into. I, I mean, Utah let the receiver get behind them. I thought he was going to score there. Um, we stepped out with one second left. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I had no issue with it. Baylor fans were upset. Um, but I, I didn't think there was anything that blatant there that would have been a pass interference. So I had no issues with the refs putting the whistle away. Yeah. Yeah, in a game like that, there's so much that could have Baylor could have done different that I'm not going to sit here and get upset about uh, call late. I didn't have any action on the game. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, that Baylor's backup quarterback played well until he didn't. He went, like, super cold. He was, like, three for 14 in the second half. Um, I think if the Blake Shaven that we had seen so far this year, if he plays, he pro- they probably win. Probably They maybe probably win by multiple scores. So... Yeah, I don't know. Utah is like one of those teams where I think a lot of their value in the in the Pac-12 is that they just play such a different style than everyone else. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard to prepare for, and their guys are really good. But uh, like I said earlier, man, it's, it's tough to play road games. Uh, tough to play road games in college football, and Baylor's a tough place to play. Yep. So, 
just I, read that. I thought, I mean, as good as that front seven looked against Florida two weeks ago um, or a week ago, um, they couldn't stop Baylor from running the ball. Baylor was running the ball for seven to 12 yards per carry. And I was like, this, this is not good. <laughs> that was uh, Baylor's backup quarterback because Shapin's out three to five. Two. Yeah, he's got that torn MCL. Yeah. So, yeah, the crazy thing is, too, that Baylor actually ran the football better uh, against Utah than they did Texas State. Or, yeah, they, they ran the ball better against Utah than they did Texas State. Rising. With a backup quarterback. Like. <clears throat> I saw Cam Rising's expected to play this week at Weber, Weber State, uh, but they did lose. I was looking at kind of notes while you guys were talking. Uh, their running back, Micah Bernard, season-ending uh, injury. So Former tough. Baylor running back. Former Baylor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no shit? Okay. okay. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, we already talked a little bit about Notre Dame, how efficient Hartman is. So unless you guys have any extra comments on that game against NC State. Um, another big headliner, one that I love this week, Miami. Uh, finally put the nail in the coffin, I feel like, for Jimbo. I really feel like that – I feel like there could have been something that happened to Jimbo after that game where not on the tarmac, Kiffin style, but I think – I think he got yelled at by the boosters after that game. Like he has to have some sort of discipline come down because number one, Van Dyke, we started, we have to start giving him credit as a solid fucking quarterback. The Miami offensive line. I said this in the preview might be the best in the nation. Um, But then again, Jimbo, man, you have fucking five-star recruits on both sides of the ball. And I heard that because I didn't get a chance to watch this game that Wegman actually played well. It's not yeah, on Wegman game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he threw his first INT, but I mean, if you if you were to like tell me on Friday night or whatever uh, that Wegman was uh, or that Texas A&M was going to score thirty three points, sorry, I had to go put my oh. dog in bed. Yeah, no, you're good. I would say yeah on on Friday night if you would have texted me and said hey. I know for a fact a and m scoring 33 points tomorrow, you're hammering the minus four. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like that in terms of a padlock. The, the crazy thing is, is that A&M got gashed. Like they couldn't stop Miami and they held them to 77 yards on 24 carries rushing. Mm-hmm. It was the defense. They couldn't. The secondary is just had absolutely no answer for Miami. Um, also, too. So Texas A&M had some issues where, like, if you're watching the game, you'd see uh, – so, like, Weigman would be, like, 15 seconds on the play clock, and he's still getting the play call in, and they're trying to get it lined up. <laughs> so, apparently what – and this is just kind of through the grapevine, so take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But Petrino's calling the plays now. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's been a lot of second-guessing by Jimbo. So, like, Petrino will call the play in, and Jimbo's like, are you sure that's what you want to run? Jeez. And they're having discussions. So, it's delaying it. Like, they can't – also, Texas A&M can't run the ball. Like, they couldn't run the ball against – they ran for 134 yards on 29 carries against New Mexico, and they went 97 on 29 mm-hmm. Saturday. And then uh, Weigman, Weigman had 336. Yep. Um, he's kind of carried the team a little bit uh, right. from an offensive standpoint. They're, I mean, their wide receivers are really good too. But, yeah, I dude, Jimbo's got to be on his way out here, yep. especially since you got a guy that was a defensive coordinator there two years ago. 
that's uh, winning a winning a lot of games now at a school that has a lot less resources. Yep, yep. I love it. I, I also love, love. I mean, kickoff returns, especially right up the middle. Miami had a kickoff return right up the middle. It yeah. was awesome. There's nothing better than watching kickoff returns in oh, college football. Um, so that was awesome. Love it. Um, so we talked Miami, we talked Iowa, Notre Dame, Utah, Kansas. Just a quick two cents on uh, Texas State. I had a money line. I thought they had a chance towards the end. They kind of fucked themselves uh, in the red zone towards the end of the game, but still covered the 12 and a half. I'm going to be watching that team very, very closely throughout the year. Going from Texas State to Texas, Texas, Bama. Larry, do you have, want to pile on Bama anymore or? I mean, I was on Bama minus seven and a half. It was the wrong side almost immediately. Uh, yeah, I mean, undisciplined turnovers. Yeah. I thought Texas defense looked absolutely excellent. Texas offense, Quinn Ewers looked fantastic. Uh, Texas just looked like the better team all around. Um, I want Alabama's defense was all right at times, but not really. Um, yeah, no, I, I never should have flipped over to Bama minus seven and a half. So, uh, I feel like Texas kind of beat won that game pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, they were down at half only by three, but you could just feel the momentum was like on their side. Like they were about to prove something, take care of business, or maybe three at the end of the quarter or third quarter. I can't remember, but then they just fucking started piling on and fucking put the pedal to the metal. I've said that twice now. Like, loved Quinn Ewers. I said this earlier, he threw some of the prettiest balls I've ever seen, some pretty deep balls. Um, and you have to against people like Kool-Aid McKinstry, one of the best corners in this upcoming draft. So shout out, Quinn, BCB, any final thoughts on Texas-Bama? No, it's kind of what I thought would happen. I didn't play it because it went against the numbers. So sometimes you got to have a system and stick to it. Yep, yep. Um, but I thought, you know, I'm not shocked at the outcome. I think Ewers has arrived now. Like I said, if he's that dude, which we all thought he could be, uh, he showed it in a big way. And so, but now, like, that's the thing with college football, right? You're Texas, like, you're in the driver's seat. Now you've got to maintain. Like, now it gets hard. Now you've got yeah. to keep winning games. So you've arrived now. You finally, you've beat Alabama. Like, that's that's kind of where Texas has struggled, right, since Ellinger was has left. Yeah. Like, winning these big games. So now you've won them. So now you got to keep winning. You're going to get everybody's best shot every week. Uh, good news is, though, I mean, I I think they're a much better team than Oklahoma. Um, so I, I mean, I, I love their wide receivers at Texas, like AD Mitchell was a guy I loved at Georgia. just always showed up in the, uh, the playoff games. Mm -hmm. He looks big for him. I I think Texas is good. Now, well, like I said, we'll see how they keep going. Um, Texas tech, you know, they've got some teams on that schedule. Mm -hmm. Kansas could even give them a dog fight. Like you can't trip over anybody, but Texas in a really, really good spot that they haven't been in in a long time. Love it. Larry, any final games you want to hit on before we hop over to our week three picks? Uh, no. I mean, I had Stanford, but they lost by like 60. So, like, let's not. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I want to do a quick shout out real quick. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out Washington State. Shout out Cam Ward. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that Washington State team's good, man. Like, I was oh. watching. Cam Ward's good, too. Like, Cam Ward can play the position really well. He yeah. played at that funky offense in Incarnate Word. Mm -hmm. where he kind of there was like a brief flirtation where before Ole Miss landed Jackson Dart like Cam Ward had been in for a visit or something yeah. along those lines and followed his offensive coordinator um or another coach maybe it was the head coach that went to incarnate word it's escaping me right now but 
I was going to say, is the Pac-12 the best conference in football yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah, that's the best. That's the best top to bottom. And casual fans don't know about it because they play late and they don't get a lot of hype. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you go through all those rosters, man. That's like almost NFL-level uh, parody, I think, where, like, you give me, like, seven teams. Mm-hmm. Like, or, I would say, like, Oregon, USC, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. Um, yeah. All those teams are ranked. I think UCLA is going to be solid. I think they're going to have some growing pains. I, I think Arizona's not bad. Mm-hmm. Colorado is still in the Pac-12. Like, <laughs> that's uh, – this is probably the best year they've had in 20 years out collectively as a conference and they're dissolving after this. <laughs> yeah. It's super sad. Like if you're a traditionalist like me, um, it, it makes me sad, but like I said, let's keep riding it out. Cause it's fun football, man. It's worth staying up for on Saturday nights. Not damn right. All right. That being said, let's hop over to our week three picks. Uh, Larry, would you like to kick us off? Would you like to do us the honors? Oh, uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, let's see. What do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I got seven picks here. Okay. Uh, jumping on a total. Um, don't like – I'll get the, I'll save the lock. Um, yeah. I also don't like what either you said to start this podcast, but I'm sticking with it. Uh, but getting started, uh, all these games are on Saturday – uh so i'm i'm riding duke minus 18 and a half mm-hmm. uh, duke is at home for someone i don't even care i think duke is really good who are they playing northwestern northwestern yeah. oh yeah so this is also a fade northwestern pick mm-hmm. um but yeah a 330 game so uh duke northwestern at duke i'm riding duke minus 18 and a half i think duke is for real in the acc uh riley leonard is a dog um they have one of the highest um returner starting starting rates um they beat Clemson I don't think that was a fluke I even I think we know that Duke is pretty good and I think they'll be competing for an ACC title here um they get probably the easier side of the ACC even though there aren't sides anymore mm-hmm. uh, so Duke minus 18 and a half Next one, I, I like a bounce back spot for Tulane. Tulane minus 12 and a half. Um, I, I liked what I saw from the Tulane backup. We might get Pratt back. Um, I also loved what I saw from Tulane defense. I think they gave issues to uh, Old Miss offensive line and gave issues to Jackson Dart at times, um, like we've talked about. Tulane scored very quickly off the bat. Um, and Tulane kind of shut them down for the majority of the rest of the first quarter, second quarter, and into the third quarter until Tulane kind of got things going again, um, which is impressive. Um, taking Washington minus 16, I think Washington is very good. I'm also fading Michigan State. Uh, we, I don't, we talked a little bit about uh, Michigan State's head coach is now fired. Uh, suspended suspended Brett McMurphy's a a fucking idiot and reported he was fired two hours later they had the press conference like no he's not fired he's suspended fuck Brett Murphy sorry Larry okay um still taking Washington I think uh that Washington's offense is just going to be far too much for Michigan State to keep up with uh they have no shot at keeping up with Washington I think Washington will cover 16 easily 
Um, next team I'm taking who I like a lot is Toledo. Toledo minus eight. Minus eight. Uh, Dorian Finn is an excellent quarterback. Um, probably a little late on this Toledo train, um, but this Toledo team is very, very good. Um, next pick is Old Miss minus 19. I'm going to be riding BCB's Old Miss Rebels here. Um, I think Old Miss, um, they're going to continue to uh, do their thing offensively. Uh, I don't even know who they're playing, but I saw 19 and I loved it. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Okay, Georgia Tech's actually decent. Um, still love Tulane or Old Miss to cover 19. And then the last one I'm getting back on a total here is Tennessee, Florida, over 58 and a half. And I'll save my mortal for the end. Perfect. BCB. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and start here. Uh, this is probably the game I'm most excited to see all day uh, Saturday. So we're going to the swamp, back to a place I said I would never go two weeks ago. Florida's getting seven um, at home. It's a line that makes no sense. The most people makes no sense. Here's here's I said I had some tidbits. I got some tidbits. So Tennessee so far this year they've played Austin P and they played Virginia. One was at the Titan Stadium. The other was a home game. They are eight and twenty five on third down this year. So they haven't been as successful on third down. We go back to the Florida-Utah game. Remember, Utah hit the long bomb with them uh, the first play. You take that away, it's a 17-11 game. Also, road game, Graham Mertz, first game in the offense. I think there's some forgivable there. Graham Mertz went like 14 for 17 last week, uh, passing the ball. Also, I don't think a lot of like his problem or a lot of their problems offensively were related to him. Like They still got Trevor Etienne. They still got Montrell Johnson. If they can just get some kids to catch the damn ball outside of Ricky Pearsall, they may have something going there. Um, they Florida also going back to the Utah game. They outgained them by seventy plus yards. Mm-hmm. So Florida actually had more yards in the game. Utah made the bigger plays. Obviously, going against Tennessee, teams capable of making big plays. This is kind of one of those styles make fights though. Like if we're taking a UFC term, yeah. uh, you've got Florida who's pretty good on the front seven. Tennessee hasn't really. They've ran the ball a little bit um, on people. Here's the thing, like you think of Joe Milton, you think of like an Anthony Richardson style player, like big arm athletic. Uh, He's barely thrown for over 200 yards in both games. Uh, He had 212 against Virginia, 228 against Austin P. This is actually his, uh, is only his second true road start. Uh, All of most of his road starts at Michigan, which is crazy because he's been in college football for like six years. But most of his road starts happened in the 2020 season at Michigan when there was no crowds. The only road start he had last year was at Vanderbilt. He went 11 for 21 for 147 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Joe Milton has just been a guy that hasn't made a lot of heads up plays over the time. I'm like I said, he's played about, I don't know, probably eight, nine, 10 games in college for being there for six years. I'm kind of wondering they didn't, they struggled with Austin P they didn't put him away. Yeah. Game was 30 to 13. Kind of wondering if, uh, we don't see Nico mm-hmm. sooner than later. Maybe we see him Saturday. That's the kind of stuff you can't really predict. It's just one of those where, like, everybody and their brother is going to be on Tennessee minus a six and a half. Mm-hmm. There's some books out there I found where you can move points, a half a point, and not pay a lot of juice. So I'm going to try and get a seven on it. Take my chances uh, with Florida. So uh, then moving on, 
I got a Friday night game looking for seven on it. I've seen UTSA out there at eight. Um, they're playing against Army Friday night. So this is a game that went 41-38 last year. Don't think it's going to be that high scoring again. We're also on UTSA last year. They won. I think I had a minus two and a half. And I had to uh, hang out in the bathroom at a urinal to watch it because they didn't have it on any of the other TVs. So not a high point for me there. But it was a winning bet nonetheless. You got to do what you got to do to cash. Um, anyway, though, so UTSA is actually allowing two yards per carry to opponents. Mm -hmm. Army's in that stupid, like, shot. They're trying to run the spread out of the shotgun this year. Haven't been as efficient in years past as running the ball. Uh, the, also, their passing game, they've thrown it a little more. I think they had 12 pass attempts in one game. They were over 10 in the other as well. Yep. It's not efficient. Um, also, UTSA has nine sacks through the first two games. They've played Houston. They've played Texas State. Army's probably the worst team that they've played. Uh, Army also gave up 207 rushing yards to UL Monroe to start the season week one. Uh, I think UTSA's got bigger boys up front. Frank Harris also hasn't even really been Frank Harris up for UTSA, dynamic playmaker at quarterback. I love him here. Um, also going to be on Mississippi State plus 10 uh, mm -hmm. later in the day. So going to the Bulldogs, going to be honest with you, it makes me a little sad to not have my beloved rival, Mike Leach, leading the squad. I miss the guy. Uh, it was a great rivalry between him and Lane Kiffin. But anyway, uh, so Mississippi State's changed their identity a little bit. Uh, the run defense has been really good in both games. Uh, they're kind of shutting down the run defense. I think they've held both opponents under 100 yards uh, from a run defense standpoint. The pass defense hasn't been great. So uh, the same can be really said about LSU's defense, though. If you remember, LSU, they struggle with Keon Coleman. Um, and their secondary, they've got kind of a patchwork secondary. I looked it up. I think they're about 102nd in uh, yards per play on a passing efficiency from defense. Uh, I think really a lot of what's given them fits is when they're going against receivers with size. Mississippi State has three guys, Justin Robinson, Freddie Roberson, and George Cuervius Spivey. Uh, all big matchups. I think they'll be able to get them going. Also, you're going at Mississippi State. Um, like I said, you can get a plus 10 out there. K Ford on his ratings had Mississippi State. He had LSU by 10 on like a neutral field. Yeah. So you factor in the home field advantage. I think, you know, five or six is maybe a little better spread uh, or more appropriate, I should say. I'll take the 10. Also, you got Will Rogers, who's played a million football games at Mississippi State. Not that Jane Daniels isn't an experience, but like it's going to be a ruckus crowd. Yeah. I think Mississippi State's a pretty good football team. We'll ride with the, uh, the our tribal Bulldogs. Okay. These next, I got one more, and then we'll. Are we going to do locks last? Locks last. Yep. Okay. Then I'm going to do one more. Uh, so this is uh, money's in the crumbs, beauties in the eye of the beholder pick of the week. Yep. I'm going UConn minus seven at home. You're riding versus, in the train. Yeah. So we're getting back on the train. So I got. Well, I'll explain. So we had Florida International okay. coming in. Uh, Florida International barely beat Maine. Um, also, so Jim Moore Jr. six and one against the spread at home at UConn. Hey, uh, pretty crazy. They were five and one straight up at home last year too. Only lost to Syracuse, so they they've been uh, been a little crazy. So they lost. They actually last week um, they've been trying to go to more of a passing offense this year. They lose the quarterback that they brought in to run the offense. Had to replace him with Trey Roberson, who transferred in from Penn State. Was their starter last year. Got hurt, so now he's the starter again going forward. <laughs> the original starters out. I think the game plan is going to be different. 
Um, FIU couldn't run on Maine. They weren't able to run on the Maine Black Bears. I think UConn, I looked it up. They've got like their defensive line. It's like a 6'4", 311 pound kid. They got a, they got some big boys up there. Yeah. Uh, FIU is not going to be, if they couldn't run on Maine, I don't think they'll be able to run on UConn. And also FIU has just gotten gashed on the ground. Uh, every game they've played, they can't stop the run. Give me the seven. I think it might be one of those things. UConn beats them in the submission. FIU might be the worst two and one football team I've ever seen uh, at the FBS level. So <laughs> we'll ride coach Mora and Trey Roberson. I love it. All right, I'm going to run through my picks. I kind of took a few out, but I'll run through them. It's got, I'm kind of playing towards Larry's train of thought. This is more not a play on the team I'm taking, but the team they're playing is just terrible. I got Florida state minus 26 and a half at Boston college. I just think BC just, they can't put it together this year. Florida State, obviously, shooting for a national championship. Jordan Travis Heisman. I got Penn State, minus 14 and a half at Illinois. Started a little conference play in there. Drew Alar is proving to be the quarterback that we thought he could be uh, from the preseason till today. I love, even with the 14 and a half, I'm taking uh, Penn State. You saw uh, James Franklin went for the cover this last week i'm not sure if you guys saw that they could have easily kneeled the ball down on the three four yard line can't remember what it was chose to go for it he's got to know the spread i'm going to take a coach like that that knows the spread each and every time i got louisville minus 10 and a half at indiana i think louisville they had the 56-0 win start to get the offense going they started slow in week one in the first half brought it in on the second half against georgia tech i think they keep it rolling against indiana neutral field right bcb yep yeah lucas oil Yep. I got um, on with Larry Duke minus 18 and a half uh, Northwestern's traveling to Duke Northwestern got their win. I think they're pretty happy and now they're about to get shit stomped again with Larry. I have uh, Washington minus 16 at Michigan state. I think there's going to be chaos with Tucker, which we can already see right now. And Penix is just that good. Give me the 16 all day. Uh, I have Kansas minus 27 and a half at Nevada. I'm going to keep Ryan Kansas. I think Jalen Daniels, he got his, his first game in to kind of break, you know, you know, break a little swag, get a little accommodated. Now I think they really turn it up and Nevada is not a great team at all. Um, I also have Mississippi state with BCB plus nine and a half plus 10 will come out an official card uh, when that comes through. And Oh yeah. One of my special picks. It's not my lock. Love Quinn Ewers, love Texas. I'm on Wyoming plus 28 and a half. I think a little bit of a letdown game. Wyoming showed that they could play against big 12 opponents, beat Texas Tech straight up. Sure, it was at their house, but uh, I'm going to take Wyoming plus 28 and a half. Let's get those locks in play. Boys, let's wrap it up. Larry, send us home. Uh, so missed one on my card. Uh, need to throw this on there too. It's the Friday night game, uh, Air Force versus uh, Utah State. Uh, adding Air Force minus nine and a half. Not the lock, just uh, regular play on my card. Um, my lock is Tennessee minus six and a half. Oh DCB tidbits, throw them <laughs> out the window. It doesn't matter. Uh, Florida's terrible. Uh, give me Tennessee minus six and a half. This is their first SEC matchup of the year. Hypo still runs. Love the over also on my card over 58 and a half. Um, Hypo runs the uh, quickest offense in the country still. 
and uh, Joe Milton has, uh, I, I don't know. He's got the highest, um, passing percentage in some category. Uh, <laughs> I forget what I, it is. I read, all right, all right, all right. but, uh, yeah, no, give me Tennessee, uh, six and minus six and a half they cover easily they win by double digits um i don't care if it's a trap give it to me let's go bcb all right money's in the crumb beauty's in the eye of the beholder we struck last year with a similar kind of lock on the same team we're going back to it vandy at unlv give me vandy minus four look sometimes one team just has better athletes that's what it's about it's your jimmy's your and your joe's not your x's and o's uh Vanderbilt going on the road, laying four. I think they're a pretty good football team. Kind of had that dogfight with Hawaii week one. I think you're better for that. Honestly, that's probably a coaching point this whole week is, hey, you fucking kids almost lost to Hawaii week one. So let's let's concentrate, be prepared. They hung with Wake Forest in a weird game last week. Uh, they got gashed on the ground. I don't think UNLV has the horses that Wake Forest has either. Yep. So – Vanderbilt handled – they beat Wake Forest by seven, beat Alabama A&M pretty handily when they played them. Wasn't great against Wake Forest, but it also wasn't terrible in a weird game. I think they're ready to put it behind them, go play. Would rather have three. I'll lay the four, though. It's kind of a no-man's land in college football. Um, I may honestly look at, like, an alternate line and see if I can get some plus money if I lay, like, six, six and a half yep, uh, just to see. But, again, like I said, so Vanderbilt two years ago, 34th-ranked recruiting class in the country. Those kids are now sophomores and juniors. Like, those are the kids that are going to be on the field. I think they're pretty good at the quarterback spot. Um, also, Vanderbilt's going to be an underdog every SEC game, so they know they've got to take these games serious. And last year they were in a similar spot, beat Northern Illinois um, is, a, is a short favorite. Love it. BCB, can you look up a future game for me on K Ford? Yeah. It's going to be part of my logic. Can you see Iowa versus Purdue? Yep, give me just a second. I've got uh his I've got his site pulled up here. Okay. So I love just like what it would be on a neutral field. Yeah. Okay. So this week. There's logic here what I'm going for. One. So he would have it at like seven and a half Iowa. Okay. On a neutral field. My lock of the week is Syracuse minus two and a half going to Purdue. Syracuse has played two games so far, 65-0 against Colgate. Yeah, shitty team, but blew them out. They are, when I say balanced, they are balanced on both sides of the ball. Next week, they play Western Michigan, 48-7. to Iowa right now is 24 and a half point favorites against Western Michigan. We're not going to cover that. I'll be the first to tell you. My logic here. Number one, I love Syracuse. I haven't talked about them enough and how they've come to be a little bit of a surprise on their side. Syracuse, minus two and a half at Purdue. When it comes down to it, these teams are not evenly matched. Purdue barely beat a Virginia Tech team that is probably going to finish at the bottom of the ACC. Uh, moving along, they also lost to Fresno uh, Fresno State at the beginning of the year, sure, it was 39-35, and Fresno State's a good team. Too much hype on the Big Ten right here. Too much going on with Purdue at home. I am going to be all over Syracuse, minus two and a half. Book it now. So I'll say shout-out, K Ford. 
He's got uh, Syracuse is 10 and a half points better than Purdue on a neutral field. He's actually got Syracuse uh, ranked 22nd overall. He's got him ahead of Auburn and UCLA. Fucking solid game. When I saw that spread pop up, I've been circling it all week. This is the game I'm looking forward to the most. Syracuse minus two and a half at Purdue. That's our week three picks. That's our week two review. That's our champions club. Everything you got. We're going to keep going. Keep the wins coming. Another plus week inbound. 